Today on Sagittarian Matters, it's a vegan food review bonanza with special guests Michelle T, friend of the show Morgan, and Isa Chandra Moskowitz. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the Hello from the Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studios in Portland, Oregon. I come to you surrounded by dogs today. Producer Ponyo is working the levels at the soundboard. She is assisted by new production assistant Lirial and intern to the show Pocket. It's an all-dog workplace and I am delighted and excited. This week we have a clips show. These are all previously unheard vegan food reviews that were left on the cutting room floor from past episodes. Morgan is here talking about her favorite crunchy snacks. Issa Chandra Moskowitz goes deep on a new non-dairy creamer. And friend of the show, Michelle T, visits us to try a brownie bite. But before we get to that, a couple listener questions. Dear Sagittarian Matters, what is your favorite snack food? Signed, Snackin' in Sacramento. Dear Snackin', I think everybody on the show knows very well that I love a prune dipped in tahini. A quarantine snack that I call the Don Riddle Special is a little bit sweet, a little bit savory. You get a tiny, tiny dish. You put in some tahini. You put in some maple syrup, some cocoa powder. You stir it up, and then you add some flaky salt like a maldone on top. Or if you want to put in a raisin or something, you could too. That is a real delightful little sweet and savory tahini dish. Aside from that, what kind of snacks do I like? I like an old-fashioned apple cut into slices, dipped in a nut butter, even dipped in tahini. I love strawberries dipped in tahini. I mean, that's a summertime treat for sure. Aside from that, as far as snacks go, uh, here's something I like. This is another stand and chew. These are all stand and chews. That's where you stand at the kitchen counter and you just eat the thing. You stand and you chew. Um, I like to get Hava chips. I like to get a really delicious kind of kimchi. I like Choi's kimchi from Portland. And I also like, is it Wild Brine? Is that a company? I like their Korean kimchi and their Thai kimchi. And then I get an avocado. And I basically get the have a chip. I put some avocado on it and I put some kimchi on it and I eat that. And that's one of my favorite snacks. If I run out of have a chips, which happens all the time, I will just have avocado and kimchi on a spoon. And that is a snack. I call it a day. That's a life. That's a living. Okay. Dear Sagittarian Matters, you advised before about having lots of sauce options at home. Can you give us your saucy secrets from inquiring in Idaho? Dear Idaho, my saucy secrets. Well, I think we all know my peanut sauce recipe that is a sauce made of sauces is peanut butter, hoisin sauce, some sriracha sauce, some kind of tamari, soy sauce, or shoyu, your choice. Seems the same to me. Those things, mix it up, mix it up, mix it up. Or instead of sriracha, if you have um, sambal, which is that red pepper sauce, uh, that makes a pretty delicious a pretty delicious peanut sauce, and then you just add to taste. If you have a lime, that's really nice. If you want to add some coconut milk, my friend Nate likes to do that all on the stove. 
I also just like to add some water if I need to make it thinner. If you need to make a sauce thinner, just add water. It's totally okay. You don't need to make it milky because you, you already have like a nut butter in there. Um, another thing that's pretty similar is just garlic, tahini, sesame oil, soy sauce, a little bit of maple syrup, and then something spicy. And that is really nice if you want to make like a sesame noodle. Those are some sauces that I really enjoy. Those are some sauces I think you might enjoy. Other store-bought sauce things that are so easy. I talked recently on the podcast about just going to an Asian grocery store. That might mean like a mega huge place like Ujamaya. That might be a small local neighborhood, Vietnamese, Korean, Japanese grocery store, whatever. But getting um, some curry paste, some Thai curry paste, and then get it, making sure it's vegan if you're vegan, because a lot of them have shellfish. Not a lot. Some of them have shellfish. And then getting some coconut milk. Uh, I recently found out that Chocoa, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but this really delicious, thick brand of coconut milk. I recently read an article that said they got in trouble for using monkey labor. There's a sauce secret for you. They were using monkeys that were indentured monkey servants chained up to go to the top of trees to bring them down coconuts and they got in big trouble. Give that a Google. Do what you will with that. So, you know, step lightly in the coconut market, I guess. But anyway, you can make your own curry so easy, so fast, just by using curry paste, some canned coconut milk, full fat. If you get light coconut milk, you're going to hell. I'm I'm not even that religious of a person, but I'm just telling you the truth. And then if you want to add some peanut butter to that, a scoop of peanut butter to that, you have a delicious peanut curry. You could call that a masaman if you want because it's your own house. You don't work at a restaurant. No one's going to club you with a stick for doing that. But I will come over and club you with a stick if you use light coconut milk because it's just gross. It's gummy. It loses the point of using coconut. Why use a fatty milk if you're going to use a low-fat version? Just don't use it at all. You know, just make a different sauce. That's my opinion. You don't have to respect my opinion. I'm just a lady covered in dogs. And I'm a lady who enjoys eating prunes as a snack, dipped in tahini, and I'm covered in dogs. So, you know, take what you like and leave the rest. Dear Sagittarian Matters, what do you do when your story is bigger than your skills as an artist? From vulnerable in Vermont. Dear vulnerable in Vermont, what do you do when your story is bigger than your skills as an artist? I guess this isn't a great question for the food show, so I should have saved it for another show, but here we are. I think that you write the story anyway. You get it out of you. You do your very best. I mean, the thing about like, a, I don't know what you mean, your skills as an artist. Do you mean, are you a writer? Are you a drawer? If you're a cartoonist, my best tip for you, I have two best tips for you. Number one is please consider drawing your characters as something other than human. You might think that will infantilize your story. That is not true. Look at the very classic book, Mouse. An animal as your main character can hold a lot of metaphorical value. It can deepen your story. It can turn your story into something a little bit more by adding this visual metaphor that's taking some of the heavy lifting off the writing itself. And you can draw animals very simply. And this leads me to my second point, which is the more simple your drawings, the better it goes sometimes. Scott McCloud has this theory that 
The more simple a character is, the more people can project onto it. Human beings will find their pictures anywhere. We will find human faces anywhere. Imagine looking at an electrical socket. You can look at an electrical socket and feel like you're looking at a face, right? Or have you ever had like a bathtub where you're looking at it and you're like, well, the, the faucet itself is the nose and then the knobs are the eyes. Humans will project themselves onto anything and the more specific your characters look, the more rendered, the more detailed your characters look, especially if they're human beings, the less people are going to be able to project onto them. So if I think about like, if I just drew like, I don't, I don't really like drawing stick, man. I have a big thing against it in my classes, but if you, I have some students, previous students who have drawn beautiful things with stick men speaking to you, Maggie Ram, aside from Maggie Ram, I don't believe in stick people. That's the only person who's allowed to draw stick people, in my opinion. You can sue me. I'll see all of you in court for suing me about the coconut milk thing, suing me about stick men. I'll see you there. Anyway, Zoom court, that is, because we're under another lockdown. Um, You can draw something super simply, and anyone can project themselves onto it. Anybody can project their human experience onto it. But if you have a character that's really rendered and very specific, people will look at that character and be like, oh, I feel for that character, but it's not me. I'm not able to fully immerse myself in that character because they're so specific. I know they're different than me. Like they're like a 22-year-old with a mohawk and a very specific kind of arm And they're super tall. And I am none of those things. So I will see this as a character, but I won't see it as me. And I won't invest as much of myself into the story. Does that make sense? Um, At least with cartooning, that is the idea. So the more simple you can make your characters, the more people can project onto them. So if you're not wonderful at whatever kind of rendering you want to do, see if you can get more fluent in a simple style of drawing just to get your story on the page. And then... You know, if something happens and you decide you want to try and hire somebody else to draw that for you, then you have a total roadmap for them to help you with that. That's just what I think. I think it's it could really behoove any cartoonist, even if you really enjoy drawing highly rendered things, which I personally do, and also representation matters. So if you want to highly render your characters and your particular kind of representation, yes, But it behooves any cartoonist to develop a more simplified style that you can use even as yourself for shorthand, as your thumbnailing, or if you decide that you want to do a 300-page book and parts of it feel really hard to draw and you don't want to slog through a six-hour-long drawing that's highly rendered, you want to just cruise through it, which is why in Colleen, Dr. Laura, and Fetch, all the flashback scenes, everyone looks a little bit more like a stick man than like a highly rendered, quote unquote, photorealistic drawing. Uh, That's what I have to say. This may or may not have answered your question. I'm happy to help you more. Just ask me more questions. We could do a whole cartooning Q&A time. But today is about vegan food reviews. So please enjoy my talks with Michelle T, friend to the show Morgan, and official queen of veganism, Issa Chandra Moskowitz. Michelle. Yes? Friend to the show, Muffy Davis, was posting on Instagram her hike food, food she was taking on the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, wow. That's a serious hike. And one of the things was Trader Joe's Brownie Crisp, a Mm -hmm. crispy, crunchy take on classic chocolate brownies. Yeah. Um, 
I bought them. I do want to say my warning to listeners is that I, after I bought them, I realized my mistake. They have palm oil in them, which I don't. Oh. I don't. Well, Trader Joe's, what are you doing with the palm oil? Stop. Trader Joe's loves. They are on the dick of palm oil. Nobody wants palm oil. I don't want. Nobody palm- wants it. There's so many things that I used to love from TJ's, and then I go to buy them, and then I'm like, well, I can't eat you anymore because there's palm oil God. on the shit. Anyway, I bought these before I realized they had palm oil. Okay. Whatever. But I just wanted to tell people what they taste like. That's what I'm They're very do. hard. They're a little too hard for me. Like, I don't know. I have fragile teeth. It's like a from little... A, from a lifetime of poor dental hygiene. And so I'm always afraid if I eat something too crunchy, it's going to break a tooth. To me, it's a little bit like a graham cracker plus those Akmak crackers. <laughs> I know. But chocolate. The chocolate taste is good. Mm-hmm. I do like the chocolate taste. But I feel like... I guess I would just rather have a brownie. Mm-hmm. Instead of a brownie crisp. But... I mean, perhaps if you were backpacking or something, which you do often, <laughs> as you are wont to do, I can see these if you're somewhere where you need a dry, light food. Right. It's not going to weigh you down like a big, heavy brownie. <laughs> like a pan of brownies. <laughs> I guess you can't take that on the Pacific Coast Trail. No. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You're going to be starving and anything will taste good. You could basically eat on a, eat a rock, which is basically is what this tastes like. It's like a chocolate rock. But the chocolate part's really good. The chocolate part's really good and it is very light. Mm-hmm. Lighter than a rock. Vegan, gluten-free. I like it. I don't like the palm oil, so yeah. I... No one likes that. But um, brownie crust from Trader Joe's. If you don't mind harming orangutans, you might like it. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Emily Helmus, Julia McKenty, Maria Turner Garney, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Harrod, Mary Pinson, Michelle Lemoyne, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo that's Hell Books on Venmo. H-E, double hockey sticks, books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared, that's just Ponyo's speaking voice. All right, Morgan, what crunchy snacks do you have for us to try? Well, I love crunchy so much. I know I've said it before, but I'll just say it again and again and one more time and again and then once more. Okay, these are Nicole's, one of her favorite proteins, Yuba tofu skin, but made as a chip. And these are hot, hot tomato flavor. Oh, no, 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 no. And the packaging is very enticing. I don't... Mm. Mm. They taste like tomato soup. They sure do. They're very... They taste just like tomato soup. Yeah. You know what I'm going to ask you, Morgan? It's chewy. They're pretty weird. What's the protein of this? I don't know. I actually didn't bring the package. I'll send you the picture. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I I love snacks, and I love chips, and I love a variety of crunchy things. And I would totally include these in my rotation of snacks. I don't know that they'd hold up to a dip per se. Probably not. 
Well, more like a little road trip, you know. Would you put these in my stocking, please, as a stocking stuffer? Yeah, and I think they had other flavors. I can't remember. This is a very thin skin. It's kind of like remember that um, remember that craze in the early two thousands of that just like whatever where it was like freeze dried vegetables, freeze dried fruits, and you could buy a bag of them at the grocery store, just like peas or whatever. It's kind of the just like version of something. Like they're very light. They're very crunchy. Um, they're wrinkly. They're funny looking little wrinkly yeah. guys and they taste so much like a salty tomato soup i'm gonna give this a thumbs up i give it a thumbs up too also just because like it is good not overly seasoned and like interesting enough that you want to keep eating more to be like mm, what is that is it like tomato soup with a topping does it have a little french's fried onion topping on top of your tomato soup or like you know in willy wonka when um she's like violet Beauregard is eating the gum and she's like mm, it's like blueberry pie mm, it's like tomato soup <laughs> it's like the crunchy version of that where you're like oh i can taste it i know this taste so it's like familiar but weird or like a weird texture this with the like wrinkliness at the same time so it's like keeps you coming back for more yeah i'd crunch these again will you say the name of these one more time Fruity. how do you spell that well there are some accents on the letters that i don't know if i'm pronouncing them correctly but it's f-u-p-i right Fupi. the packaging yuba is skins so good looking is this the one with the girl on it? Yeah. Mm. She's doing a headstand looking at her laptop, but it's like a pale, like, robin's egg matte finish bag. And she's, like, drawn in, like, a line drawing, like, tomato soup color, actually. And she's looking at a tomato on her laptop. And it looks kind of <laughs> like, um, you know, like, Ghost World a little, mm -hmm. you know, but, like, also 2020 because she's doing, like, a yoga headstand or something. And it's, like, very minimal. And the shading is done in, like dots like you know you would rub on mm -hmm. like a transfer like zip down yeah oh my god exactly all right well this is a thumbs up for me and we'll put the picture of that packaging on the sagittarius matters instagram morgan twas a twas a delight what is this little teeny tiny sesame rice cake looking puck oh hold please i've got to get mine okay smells I'm like sesame listen me on uh, okay these are dangs little rice cracker crispy cakes i'm looking at them right now mm, thai rice chips and they say nutty and crispy crunch toasted sesame there's just oh wait first i shan't i shan't speak i'll let you taste first but um the package on the back says dang that's good and then there's a whole story on the back about how um dang is um i believe their mom the people who made them and they make these coconut chips that are like both dense and crispy at the same time. Mm. These are like also dense and crispy at the same time. They're not like rice cakes like you might spread a peanut butter on. They're small, like the size of a silver dollar in the theme of old tiny cowboy coffee. They're like the size of a silver dollar and about the thickness of, say, three. I don't really know how big it is. Silver dollars. Three silver dollars high. Three apples high. Two, two silver dollars high. Two silver dollars. And they're like crispy. These ones are covered with black and white sesame seeds. And they're just a little bit of sweet. Question. Have you tasted that mystery flavor yet? No. You know what this is like? Um, like this is like a, the if a Rice crispy 
was really like if you if like the Rice Krispie factory had a problem and like 14 Rice Krispies got mashed together, mm. it's that level of like kind of airy crunchiness. Mm. I just think whatever the sweetness is that they have nailed is so good. Like they hit a total like target bullseye on this one. Like they're, they're oily. That's the secret ingredient for me. Love oily. And so there's like a lot of oil on the inside that tastes more like a like a neutral oil, but the outside mm. smells and tastes of sweet sesame. Mm. <laughs> I think they're a delight. And the crisp is so satisfying. Again, crunchy, safe texture. Um they have um mm, <laughs> Man, they're good. I just like really love these. I could just polish up the entire bag. Okay. So, so the crunch round. It feels like um, you're eating a treat, but it's like not overly sweet where you're like, ouch, my teeth don't hurt. I don't feel like grody after. Like, I'm like, ew, that was too sweet. It didn't taste good. It was just all sugar. I think they're the perfect amount of sweet and the perfect amount of crunch. Mmm. Mmm. Wow. Right. Morgan, we got to go. We're going to the next segment. I'm giving these a thumbs up. You too? Oh my God. I give them all my thumbs up. Hi, Sagittarian Matters. This is Beth Pickens, frequent contributor and friend of the pod. I have my own podcast out now wherever you find podcasts called Mind Your Practice. And season one is out now. It's a series of short episodes, five to 10 minutes, that's meant for artists and creatives who are struggling in all the ways that artists do, particularly in year 2020. So go find it today. I also have the Mind Your Practice Homework Club. And Homework Club is just what it sounds like. You get monthly homework, a monthly webinar with me, access to a private Instagram for club members, and bonus audio content. It's $12 a month. Price goes up January 2021, so join now. And you can find out more or sign up at mindyourpractice.com. Have you fro- frozen frozen a Wildwood creamer? Because it's not good when you unfreeze it. I think I tried, I did freeze it once because I was going out of town and I was feeling my hoarding feeling about it and I froze it. Right. Is it, is it just chunky when it comes out? I can't remember. Yeah, I was totally like doomsday preppers with it and I had like 12 frozen <laughs> and I'm like, I am the smartest person in the room. Nobody has this now and I have it. Yeah, it's like curdled and gross when it comes out. <laughs> I think that maybe I used it anyway. I think that it just was like chunks that fell into my coffee. And I think I just, I didn't have 12. I just had one. I think I just muscled through it in a, maybe it wasn't that fun though. Did I tell you? um, I didn't tell you because we've only been, I just found this other creamer. Tell me if you've tried this. We can try it live. Oh yeah. Wait, is this appropriate for the podcast? Let's find out. We're doing experimental. Laird Superfood? No, I haven't tried that. Superfood creamer with functional mushrooms. Oh. Aquaman included. That's a a sea creature that has superpowers and lives in the sea. Mm -hmm. And, oh no, Aquaman is a natural source of calcium. Um... Should I try this? Yeah. You haven't tried it yet? It hasn't. No. Oh, this is a great taste test. We love a taste test. Yeah, because the other thing is that I really hate to buy um, silk creamer, but... Me too. You know. 
Well, I've Nick been against the wall here. I've been using Oatly as yes. my soy creamer. No. No, you I won't can't do, do it. You won't do it. It it's brown. Hmm. So to me, that's not the best sign for a creamer. Mm-hmm. And you know. I'm really sick of people saying use cashew cream as a creamer because it doesn't work. No, that's weird. Ooh, this is pretty. Look, look, look. Can you describe you that? Oh, it's like chunky. Uh, yeah. It's like a, a chunky smoothie. Yeah, it's like chunky and it's got little pieces in it and really bubbly and thick, but then also thin. Hmm. Does that sound good? Should I taste it? Yeah. She's it's not. She's drinking it out of like a goblet. Actually, just a tulip glass. It smells like it won't even come to to my mouth because it's so thick. Like, look, it's not. It's like she's trying to drink a pudding. Now she's using her mouth like a gerbil at a water bottle. That's how I taste things. Mm. This is a professional tasting. Um. It's like, it tastes like something really familiar and stuff. Oh, it tastes like, uh, like condensed mushroom soup. Oh, really? <laughs> you can taste it's the like mushroom? You can taste the mushroom. Do you have a coffee that you're going to put that in? Or you're just... No, not now. Oh my God. Not after that. So it tastes like, yeah, they taste like what the ingredients are, coconut and mushroom. Okay, well... We tried. We tried. And Aquaman. I've been doing... Yeah. And Mm? there's some chunks in my mouth. Okay, go on. Oh, I've been doing Oatly Full Fat as my creamer in... That's the only... I just... The other ones are too sweet. All the other creamers, like Silk, I hate to support them, but their creamer's so sweet. It tastes like Coffee Mate now. It is sweet. You know? But I don't like all of those ones that are, like, thickened with carrageenan, not because of the... Not because of the ingredient, but to me, it just tastes, like, thickened. It doesn't taste creamy. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't taste fatty. Like, if, if your creamer is, like, 10 calories a tablespoon, it's, like, not creamer. Mm-hmm. It's just starches. So, you need, like, that fattiness for it. Maybe I'll try and make a creamer. I don't know. I really like soy creamers, and I really believe in soy and love soy. So... If I don't have a soy creamer, I'll just use soy milk because mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. It's, I haven't, I mean, I like Oatly, but to me, Oatly tastes like cereal milk. Hmm. Hmm. To me, I have, I write, yummy. like, like post cereal, cereal, like a thick post cereal yeah. milk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, been, I feel like I've been shamed when I go to coffee shops and ask if they have soy milk. And they're like, what What decade did you just walk out of? They're yeah, asking me exactly. for soy milk. And I just still love soy milk. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. listeners, it's me, Nicole. If you would like to support me and Ponyo, in particular, our comics and animal illustrations, go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. And for as little as $2 a month, you can have access 
to hundreds of pages of otherwise unpublished diary comics. For the price of one cold brew plus tip, you can become an honorary Sagittarian. And for the price of two vegan cupcakes or two vegan donuts, you can become a Ponyo's Friend Club member, at which point you really start raking in goods, including new buttons. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges.